Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William, the Opinion Updike. Oh, and I am positive Chuck Mockler. And we're filling Neighborhood Clippers podcast. Yes. A couple of best friends and Clipper credential media folks who bring you Locked on Clippers. Five days a week, Monday through Friday. Damn straight. You can listen to it at 7 a.m. Kill some windshield time. Make us your first listen. Start your day off with some just some good clip talk. Yeah, we love good clip talk over here. <laughs> and kicking off the talk today, we are going to talk Twitter Tuesday. Every single Monday, we ask for your questions on Twitter. That's at Locked on Clippers. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of great stuff, so can't wait to get into that. And then in the second segment, we're talking about offensive pros and cons. We talked about it a little bit last episode, but the offense for this team is, has never really been too big of an issue. This right. team has generally found ways to score Uh, But we'll run down some stats from last season and talk about the pros and the cons of the team this season on that end of the floor. And then in shavings, Clippers, I mean, honestly, (laughs) moving up the most important to this fans list. Right. Yeah, you're big on NBA franchises. The most valuable NBA franchises. (laughs) Sure. Uh, And then also, we got to talk about Terrence Mann's birthday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Happy happy birthday, buddy. Uh, All that and more (laughs) coming up right about now. But first, got to let you know, this is a Rock Auto pod. Mm -hmm. Don't forget they have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. You are locked on Clippers. Your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, welcome to Twitter Tuesday. Thank you to everyone who sent us questions. We got a bunch of Terrence Mann questions today. But we're going to start off with uh, a question from Justin Wilson, a.k.a. LA Clippers Film, a.k.a. someone you should be following on Twitter. He asks, after 53 games, the Clippers are in the five seed. What would you think happened if this were to come true? So full disclosure, my hot take for the season is that the Clippers will be the four seed. So for me, things are going about as expected. Um, But no, realistically, I think after 53 games, the Clippers are in the five seed. They've taken care of business in this first home schedule we have. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're a new listener, whole a large percentage of our home games happen in the first, what, six weeks of the season? Yeah. Um, PG is playing at a great level. Probably He's probably going to be top 10 on both sides of the floor. Isn't missing a lot of games. Isn't missing a lot of games. And we've seen a jump from at least one of, you know, man, Luke, and I mean, that's I think what it hinges on. Yeah, I think that's very succinct. The only thing I would probably add is the health of Marcus Morris. Right, because which is now, dude, it's a question. It, it's yeah. definitely in the flux, so that, that's going to be something. Um, but yeah, if we were in the five seed, I, I would be, you know, I, I would be pretty impressed. I don't think that it's like such a lofty goal that it's out of the question. Right, yeah. Um, but yeah, 53 games, especially after, that'll put us firmly past that like i think that'll put us past that january insane stretch uh road stretch yeah uh which you know if we're if we're still in the four or five mix during that like if we don't have too much ground to cover up after that insane kind of january it's run rough. of games yeah uh i would say a lot of things have gone pretty damn right for the clippers for sure um but nothing there's no like outliers that i don't think have to happen Right? Like, there's well, no, like, Mook has to be averaging 22 a game or, like, something like that. I mean, I, it will require, essentially, some guys to step up every night. Sure. And it does help that it doesn't have to be the same guys. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not this whole new expectation that a couple of guys are now going to be the same, you know, consistent heavy scorers every single night or, mm-hmm. or great defenders or, or what have you. You know, this team is so versatile or deep or however you want to call it that it's, like, 
maybe not the top tier talent, but there's so many guys who are able to step up on a given night. I'd also add that Surge has been back for 25 games at this point. Oh, that's a good call. Because I think that's I think the center rotation is something to keep an eye on in terms of durability and what our record is going to be at this stretch. That's a good call. Thank you for the question, Justin Wilson. Thank you for everything you do. Um, also on Twitter, you've taught us a lot about basketball. Um, let's get into these Terrence Mann questions. We got a bunch of them. Um, courtside Clips says, are the Clippers better with Terrence Mann on the floor more than Marcus Morris? Um, I mean, based on the body of work, I would say no. <laughs> I think that's very fair. <laughs> uh, look, Terrence has tremendous upside. Uh, I, you know, we kind of all expect him to take a leap this year. Yeah. Morris, when healthy, is still, I mean, in my mind, a top a better player a top what three and th three and d kind of a guy sure i mean he's ahead of terrence man yeah and that's not a structural thing to terrence man marcus morris is an elite shooter um he's a great defender when he's fully healthy he can for sure score 20 points a game at a consistent level like it's just marcus morris yeah it's it's got this be isn't it. a knock on terrence man maybe some maybe this question will happen in the middle of the season we can revisit it and we'll say we don't know terrence i would Mann's actually love I, courtside clips ask us this again mid-season yeah month would, and a I half would, i would i would love to know mark it on your calendar um another question uh from a different courtside clips account without an underscore so, <laughs> what are we doing here guys hey they're sitting courtside uh, i wonder if they do sit courtside and know each other um they ask, I know it's just preseason and maybe just early in his career, but do you guys see Terrence Mann being able to be an above-average three-point shooter with some real attempts and percentage being there? Right now, it just looks like he doesn't have NBA form for his threes to be consistent with attempts. So I got to be honest with you, that's a, that's a great analysis. Um, you know, his percentage was high. Well, you know, it was in the 40s last season, but the, you know, the number of attempts weren't really there. Uh, I do think that he has a tendency to hesitate. It's not really a quick release. Um, I, he's, it's not the most efficient either. Yeah, it's not it's, like a two-part shot, but it's not as smooth as yeah. a lot of other guys on the Clippers. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. There are better shooters, tough, and but. like, I mean, I think that's why they utilize him cutting so much as well. Mm -hmm. um, they want him to have the confidence to take those threes. But if you look at like, and I, I don't know why I keep coming back to this, but that like thirty-nine <laughs> point performance. Sure. I'm not at all saying it was fluky. The man crushed. But so many of those threes that he took were beyond wide open. The defender was 20 feet away. And he's going to have had, to hit those this year. And, and had their back to him. Right. You know? Uh, and I think that, I, well, I actually think that he's going to demand a little bit more attention from a defense this season. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm curious to see how his like three-point shooting will evolve given that constraint. And it's like how many attempts do we give him to figure out his three-point shot if he's not going to be like you're never going to be like oh yeah terrence man the shooter that's not what his game is that's not a bad thing he has a mid-range game he can finish at the rim it's not bad that he's not able to hit you know four threes a game at a 40 percent clip but he could sure <laughs> maybe um speaking of averages andrew ma shout out to andrew ma hasn't asked a question in a while i hope he's doing all right said, can Terrence possibly live up to the super hype we've all placed on him this season? What would a successful season even look like? 15-4-4. Hell yeah, 15-4-4 would be a successful season. Yeah, that'd be... That'd be... Sign me up right now if we get 15-4-4 from Terrence. Yes, I will take that every day of the week. Yeah, 100%. I mean, he was at, what, like, five... Or, I guess, 7-4-2, seven, seven, so... double More than doubling his point output... 
which seems pretty feasible. Absolutely. Um, boards to, will probably go up. To be honest, I would think that boards would improve from like that four number. The six. Assists, I don't know if those will double to four. It's possible, though. Yeah. I just think he's going to be handling the ball less in that capacity. Sure. But um, I, I like the point that Andrew brings up here is the super hype that we've placed on him. There's a lot of hype for Terrence Mann coming to this season. Us, us personally? No, I think he meant... <laughs> yeah, and then he tweeted out our address. Um, no, I think this is a good take because Clippers fans, like, he had the, he won us the game against Utah. He signs the extension in the offseason where there's already a bunch of hype. Um, a lot of people are just saying the extension's a steal. I happen to agree. But is there kind of a, a detriment to how much hype is oh, getting put on his shoulders right oh, now? Of course. And it's the same thing I was talking about with the defense on the last question, right? Like, it's going to be harder for him to get the, to those numbers because, you know, he's going he's gonna to get more attention yeah. from a defense as well. Uh, and, yeah, expectations, I mean, they always set you up for the possibility of failure, right? Yeah, but, for sure. I mean, you know, like, what else are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to be like, oh, Terrence Mann, you know, we're good with 7-4-2, and two, and that's all you'll ever be because yeah. I just don't think that that's his ceiling. Yeah, double-digit scoring for sure is going to happen this year. Um, really, six boards. Six boards would be great. I think it's per 36 is six which is the most important stat. Um, all right. Thank you for the Terrence Mann questions. DJ Gaming HDX um, says, you know, like if the backcourt doesn't work, what do we do? What is the backcourt? He said, we obviously can't play Reggie and Kennard together. So would it be a case of Reggie moving to the point guard and moving T-Man into shooting guard with Bledsoe and Kennard in the bench unit? Um, I think, I think Bledsoe and Kennard in the bench unit is, Maybe the most likely if things aren't going well. I think so. I, right? I think so too. I think those are like complement each other's skill sets. Um, you know, I think man, I'm I'm curious to see how man can cover defensively. I'll say it asks a lot of Terrence. Cause but yeah, yeah, it's it still does. And I think having I, I still think even if you have Terrence Man out there, Reggie plus Kennard, it might be like still a bridge too far. But you know, Bledsoe Kennard, man. That's a little fun. That's kind that's of a little fun. That's kind of exciting to me. So, but so Kennard Reggie's fun too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I mean, look, if one of Reggie and Bledsoe is going to be on the floor at all times, they're. I mean, they're just going to have to figure out ways to come, like, to get around these shortcomings. Because I'll talk yeah. about it more when we talk about the offense in the next segment. But like, Reggie and Bled, I both love. I both love their fit on this team. Sure. They both have very unique limitations that makes the puzzle pieces like kind of not work. Like they complement each other, which is great. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So you lose some interchangeability. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, we got to run through these last three real quick. Afghan Stallion says, Why do I not want to trade anyone on the roster? I kind of like this team too much. LOL. Dude could not agree more. I, I agree. We'll see what happens midseason, but I think there be, will probably be a trade. I think it'd be a little rash maybe to make a trade in a non-Kawhi year. Because like, oh yeah, fair. what for? Yeah, like, like for really what? Locking them up for a couple years, that's a good call. Um, Notorious underscore SMV. Which one team in the NBA do you want the Clippers to absolutely dominate this season and why? Will? Suns. <laughs> why? Screw the Suns. <laughs> uh, I kind of agree with that. So And the Jazz. Always the Jazz. I mean, Suns and Jazz, that's fair. I really want them to beat the Mavs, mostly for the fact that I love the new rivalry between the Clippers and Mavs. Yeah, it, it's, it's a, a good lot one. of fun. I dislike the Mavs less than I purely just do not care for the Suns. 
And obviously the team across the hall. Yeah. Just destroy those old men. And then Clips Cards fan, who is a fan of Clipper Cards, not the Cardinals. Oh, okay. uh, the baseball or football team that we discussed said, first, you should disclose to your listeners that you have oceanfront property on West Island. Time for the ultimate showdown. West Johnson versus Ty Lue. Who wins one on one? He says his money is on Ty Lue because of rings. Man. West Johnson, less far removed from his NBA training days. <laughs> I got to be honest. I might have to go with West in this one. West is the king, apparently. For Clippers one-on-one. What if uh, the Chonster was still in the mix? Chauncey Billups all day. Uh, for sure. With that. Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell all day. Uh, no question. Uh, <laughs> thank you for your questions, everybody. We didn't get to all of them. I think there's one from Logan Rapp, but we will get to it next week. Uh, coming up, we're talking offensive pros and cons. But first, hey, we got to give a shout out to Theragun. Ooh. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete or someone like us, just trying to make it through the day tension-free, Theragun can help. Theragun is a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power, and it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good, it gets the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's, once again, signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. The OLED screen and design make you feel like you're holding something from the future like a gun, but it's good for you. Just go to their site and check it out, and the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sport teams like uh, Real Madrid, elite athletes like Paul George and DeAndre Hopkins, hundreds of thousands of customers, and of course, me. I'm always Theragun. And, uh, try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to therabody.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash locked on. Therabody.com slash locked on. Okay, so we're back and we're talking about the Clippers offense. We're going to talk pros and cons, yeah. but first, paint the picture. Let's what, revisit. What, yeah, where were the Clippers offensively through last season? Through last season, they were, for all intents and purposes, uh, one of the greatest three-point shooting teams of all time. Okay. They were first in three-point percentage at 41% as a team. Yeah. Took the league average amount of threes. 40% of their field goal attempts were threes. Pretty much 13th in the league. Also league average. So the the efficiency from three was... Paramount. Paramount. Unbelievable. So fun to watch. And well-manufactured. Yes. Uh, from a process perspective. Absolutely, yeah. They, they got some great looks. And they, you know, they got guys... Nice open shots. I, I mentioned Terrence last game, but you know you saw Batum getting time, even even Morris. You know? I think there were games without Paul George and Kawhi where Batum would still get eight threes off. And that's yeah. a well-designed offense. Um, bigger picture, fourth in offensive rating at 117.6. Tenth in points per game with 114. Fifth in field goal percentage. So a pretty damn good offense. Yeah. A top five offense in the NBA. But as we enter this season... We are missing Kawhi Leonard. Do we start with the cons or the pros? Let's start with the pros. Start with the pros. Number one, we mentioned it off top, uh, but we kept all those guys who were elite at shooting. Yeah, 100%. Will they be able to sustain a top five shooting clip without Kawhi? It remains to be seen. But I think one thing that really helps is Bledsoe at the point, add someone that the defense truly has to collapse on. And it's really going to open up shooters, which we'll play into my next point. But I think, and like continuity and keeping our elite shooters are basically the most important things. I think for this this Clippers offense this year. Not much else to say with continuity. 
Like that helps this offense so much. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, guys are familiar with the scheme. We know where to get guys, you know, the the ball where they can be effective. Yes. So I, I'm kind of hoping that this continuity contributes to fewer turnovers. You know, it's been kind of be one of my points of contention. It, you know, it hasn't like it hasn't buried us, and it you know, despite it generally being like around 14 a game, 12 to 14 a game, and like eh, yeah, you know, it hasn't. It sometimes feels like it comes in bunches, but right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but we were below average in assists a game, about 24. Um, Which is but, surprising with what the offense looked like last. I yeah I agree I agree uh but around 57% of made field goals were assisted okay that's pretty tight I mean that's a good percentage I'm not sure where that ranks but I like it it's better than 50 that's true right um and kind of moving on to that there's fantastic passing at every spot oh absolutely on the floor yeah um Bledsoe as I mentioned in terms of people collapsing on him he averaged four assists last season. Last season, he didn't even want to be in New Orleans. So, you know, if he wanted to be there, who knows what that would have been? Um, I think he could flirt with around six assists per game this year. I think he'll have to. Fair. He did it for three years when he was in Phoenix. Also, didn't really want to be there. So, hey, maybe he gets to eight. But every other starter is an above-average passer for their position. Bledsoe, Reggie, above-average passers. Paul George, an above-average passer. Um, Marcus Morris, I will say, an above-average passer. Doesn't get a lot of credit for it, but he keeps the ball moving when yeah. he's into it. Uh, Zubats, we know what he can do out of the short roll. And then on the bench, you have Nick Batum, very much for his position in elite passer. Justice Winslow, not sure how much time he's going to get, but the passing is there. Isaiah Hartenstein, as we all know, a very skilled a lot, passer. Could have some highlights. And then Serge is a good passer as well when he comes back. So the ball movement is there to be had. Yeah. Is what I would say. Um, what else we got? Well, I mean, the good thing with ball movement is like it still is going to come down to the efficiency. Uh, and this team has been like pretty efficient. They've always found ways to score. Right. And I thought like one thing that was really encouraging last season and I kept bringing it up is that like we were playing this plotting methodical, like just a damn near playoff ready half court right. type of offense For at sure. times. So, like, the team was so efficient, like, we didn't even really need offensive rebound as much. We were 20, 21st in total uh, offensive rebounds per game, but we were 12th in percentage, which is, you know, above average. Yeah. Uh, but, like, we, we, we might have to get more into the habit of being able to offensive rebound and extend possessions. That's a good call. Can that slower style of, of, of play be effective again with this same kind of crew? Yeah, missing a very key piece. Yeah, minus quiet definitely gets a little bit goofier. And I wonder too, like, how much does the efficiency, like, does it, how big of a deviation do we see if we start playing at a faster pace? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering too. Like, is this faster pace thing, like, what if quiet comes back? Does that still stay? Because that seems like an interesting thing for him to come into. But the faster pace, like the transition offense, has to be probably better looking, at least, than it was last year. Because sometimes last year in transition, it was like, what the hell are you guys doing? Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. But a lot of pros, a lot of good pros, which is elite shooting, elite passing continuity. Can't be too upset at that. Let's get into these cons. Okay. I mean, right off the bat, one con, Kawhi Leonard's not there. Hot take. That's... Good analysis. Yes, very good analysis. Act, act. Um, but I, we talked about this on the two and three pod. We talked about this before I started recording. There's some like, we're, are we expecting or hoping for maybe too much from Terrence and Luke? 
It's interesting. We know it can be there, but when will it get there is my question. Yeah, it's interesting because we definitely are, I mean, theoretically, putting more pressure on younger guys who have not proved that they've been consistent. Yeah, and that's not disrespectful, I don't think, either. It's just they haven't. Terrence Mann hasn't had the opportunities. Luke Kennard, you know, different road doors out with the Clippers, but also hasn't really had the opportunities with the Clippers so far. Yeah, and like looking at the numbers, you know, Terrence Mann last season, like we like we talked about, seven, four, and two, mm-hmm. fairly solid. Man or Kennard over his career, four seasons, about twenty minutes per game in that time, which I feel like is decent sample size. Yeah, it's like a nine, three, and two guy. Oof. Is that enough? Like, no. is we that need, enough? We need double digits from Luke. I, we need double digits from both these guys. I gotta agree. I gotta agree. And I think that one thing that helps this sort of inconsistency or or even the pressure on these two guys is yeah, we keep coming back to it. But if Bledsoe or Reggie is is able to stay on the floor at all times, um, I do think that it will help these guys. However, they also present their own limitations, right? Sure. Like we talked about it a little bit last segment, but like, you know, Reggie and Kennard, I mean, is not going to be very good <laughs> defensively. Like yeah. it, it just isn't. And, yeah. And maybe, you know, maybe you can do some short, you know, like short little couple minute stints yeah just to like heat up the offense or something if if nobody can make a shot um but i don't really see that being able to be sustainable for like longer periods of run yeah um right and then you know i think man and bledsoe it could work love that defense i love that defensively it could work um but it's a little bit less it's a little hemorrhage in some space it's a little bit less versatile um it's got to be a small ball lineup almost. Yeah. Because you got to have three other shooters out there. You can't have just two. I think, Just yeah. two, he says. Um, that's fair. Maybe two is enough. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we will see. Tyloo has added some new wrinkles into this. Uh, yeah. This it's offense. interesting. Long story short, <laughs> there's some ways to alleviate some of this pressure, but they also come with their own kind of double-edged issues. Yes. And some of those double-edged issues, what is the shooting going to look like this year in terms of like distribution you mean like field goal attempts or threes versus twos basically i think we're going to be taking more twos this year than last year yeah personnel just dictates it yeah i i think that's definitely true uh we were 18th in the league in two-point percentage last year with 53 percent we took the ninth shockingly low honestly we, we took the ninth fewest twos in the league yeah which is interesting to me just because like we took what like 40% of our shots from three something yeah. like that I think you said earlier how does this affect our ability to score if we if we skew more into this in this two point range cuz like when it looks good and guys are comfortable that's going to be great it's fun yeah but does it sacrifice some of our ability to snap off a run or or dig ourselves out of a hole um if we weren't so, if we didn't have the same guys as last year, yeah. I would say maybe yes. But since we have these guys who can shoot, like if Batum's on a heater or Mook is on a heater or like Paul George, like they're going to get their shots from three. Yeah. You know, like I think that is something that we can, we can look forward to still being able to manufacture the threes, I think. I think, yeah, that's a, no, you know what? That's a great point. Like there, there still will be opportunities for those guys to get their shots. Uh, and we, you know, we like you brought up like the passing, like we do have enough talented people to get them the ball where they need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't I guess I don't know. I, I think that we will see. 
There's going to be some changes. We're going to see like the 10 game experiment with something weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any other cons, maybe? Not like, really that I can think of. You got concerns? Um, free throws. Yes. Does Paul George actually get a superstar whistle this year? Because that was an issue last year. Yeah. That was infuriating. Yeah. We were near the bottom of the league in free throw attempts per yeah. game. Crushed it in free throw percentage, though. Number one, baby. Number one. <laughs> Which you need to be if you're 28. But I think the free throws per game, dude, I hope it's at like 25. Yeah. I, I mean, don't that, even think that's that, that crazy. That'd be great. Like down Kawhi, though, like how much does that detract? I think I think sure. it's really kind of based on style of play, too. And I do think that Bledsoe is in a pretty good position to draw some uh, to draw some fouls. I think Kennard maybe could could up his number. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm with you, though. That that definitely needs to see uh, Above an improvement. 20. And like, here's my thing on the free throws, right? Sure. A, easy money, um, you know, that's a given. But I think the other thing is just like providing some sort of in-game rest. Yeah, right? give us a break. Yeah, <laughs> like give us a couple seconds, just catch our breath. That's yeah. a super If nothing call. else, like even if you brick both free throws, it's like, okay, well, <laughs> at least Paul George got a break. Yeah, PG got a couple breaths and that's a super good call. Um, coming up, we're going to be talking uh, the Clippers being a very valuable NBA franchise as well as Terrence Mann's birthday. But first, Will, if I wanted to place a wager you know i'm surfing the web yeah what how do i how can i do that i check out betonline.ag look betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball season still kind of in full swing with the playoffs Mm, sort of and you can track all the action at betonline you can get all the latest news odds and info for all your sporting needs including mlb nba nhl and all your ufc mma action so before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. That's on top of your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Don't forget to use that promo code. Locked on. And now that you've placed your bets, you probably need some auto parts. Absolutely. You always need them. Uh, you got to check out Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to store all the parts you need. Why wait while the uh, person behind the counter asks you what the hell you're doing there? Uh, and while they only search you know, the parts that they have. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. You can why choose up to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Example for you, Honda Odyssey fuel pump, 353 bucks from a chain store. That same Honda Odyssey fuel pump from Rock Auto, 216. That's a fair amount of money. Nothing to sneeze at. No, that's some good savings. Damn. Yes, absolutely. Rock Auto price are reliable though for every customer from do-it-yourselfers. Uh, they're a family business, you know, over 20 years in the game. Check them out. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right. We're shavings. back. What's up? Uh, really, a bunch of random stuff here in shavings today. The Clippers are now, this is also, if you're a new listener, we just kind of go around, talk about random stuff that's related to Clippers. Um, the Clippers are now the sixth most valuable NBA franchise at $3.3 billion. They are behind the Celtics, Bulls, Lakers, Warriors, and Knicks, just ahead of the Nets, Rockets, Mavs, and Raptors. 
Shout out to Steve Ballmer. Good investment, I guess. Yeah, I mean, pretty pretty impressive. Where did this rank when they bought the team? Because that was at the time the biggest Does sale. It count? Are they worth? I mean, if he bought them for two point two bill, yeah, were they worth two point two bill? I don't know. Pretty solid return on investment, though. It's increased like one point one billion dollars. Yeah, thirty three percent increase, <laughs> um, or whatever it is. It's also it's incredible that the Clippers are top six when you take into account the success of the teams. A in front of them, you have storied franchises in terms of longevity and success with the Knicks, uh, Lakers, Bulls, Celtics. Obviously, not so much with the Knicks lately. And you have the Warriors who had like Steph Curry playing incredible basketball, and they, you know, whatever, whatever. The fact that the Clippers are up there is pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, it's wild, and also like shout out Lob City. <laughs> I mean, honestly, other than. Maybe the Warriors, like, I mean, no one, like, the Celtics, Bulls, Lakers, Knicks are, are never falling out of the, that top five. Absolutely, yeah. Like, they not were not a chance. They were successful when branding was very important, and it carried over, 100%. Um, but yeah, shout out Bomber, you know. Uh, I hope he does something good with the money. Yeah. You know. Um, also, mean, he hasn't sold a team yet, so. I mean, hey, he might. What if he, what if Bomber just sold? <laughs> no. Um, also... Per finance buzz, uh, the Clippers fans spend more uh, than the average NBA fan on alcoholic beverages during games by an astonishing amount. The league average on alcoholic beverages per game, $22.65, $22.65. So one and a half beers effectively. Uh, well, so I'm, I'm curious about this too. Like our... our Stadium prices, I mean, I guess stadium prices are almost stadium prices everywhere. But is part of this because they're especially egre egregious in Los Angeles? Potentially. All right, but so league average is twenty two sixty five. <laughs> How much are Clippers fans spending on alcoholic beverages? $54.24. Way to go, Clipper Nation. You guys did it. Getting Y'all did it. That is per fan. That's not a two fan thing. That's per fan. That's per fan, which I respect so much. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a great no, that's a great number to get to. Good for you guys. Um, and then real quick, Terrence Brand's birthday was on uh, October 18th. Way to go, Terrence! Young 25. Yeah. Stu Quinn, I mean, constant contributor. Shout out Stu Quinn, basically the third co-host of the show. He asked, "What are you getting, T Man, for his birthday? No Kobe paintings allowed." Oh, no Kobe paintings. That was going to be my first option, honestly. <laughs> We've talked about the Kobe paintings <laughs> extensively oh, on this yeah. podcast. What are you getting, T-Man, for, for 25? Ooh. The most important birthday that a, a, a human has. Uh, some literature on health insurance, because he's got one more year before he's got to get <laughs> before off. Before he's kicked <laughs> off <laughs> his health insurance. That's a good call. Uh, I'm getting him a rental car etiquette book because he can oh, almost nice. rent a car. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he can rent a car. Um, do you remember your 25th birthday? What did you do for your 25th birthday? Oh, man, no idea. I couldn't tell you what I did either. <laughs> I'll tell you what, probably had a pretty good time. Yeah, definitely had a good uh, time. <laughs> it was either a Dodgers game or a concert. Um, that about wraps it up, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that'll do it for today. Folks, we are inching ever so close to Clippers basketball. It returns on Thursday. Cannot wait to bring you that pregame and the postgame. But in between then, on Wednesday's episode, we're going to have a What You Say Wednesday poll over at Lockdown Clips. Go ahead and vote in that. It'll be a question related to the Clippers. Potential surprises from the Clippers' upcoming season. Some, some fun stuff. Then, of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland. Will, if someone asked you how they could kill some windshield time, 
with their first listen of the day for a podcast, where would you tell them to listen to our pod? Uh, you can hear us on Jacques Cousteau's Underwater Pods. Mm-hmm. We're also on- Hard to find, but good. good. Oh, good to find. You got to get deep, but yeah. it's, it's worth it, I would say. Uh, we're also on uh, Apple Podcasts, the podcast app. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Lockdown Clippers. It works. It's great. We mentioned it up top, but we do come at you Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. We would love to have you listen. And that's that's all I got to say on that's that. That's all spiel. I got to say on that. Uh, thank y'all so much. We're coming at you five days a week. I have been positive Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. And as always, we appreciate you.